0: When I lived in New York, my favorite thing to do, well, aside from Broadway, art, walking Ezra and Brian and I out at restaurants like Eleven Madison Park, was, well, wandering. You know the feeling, just meandering down a street in the West Village, reading a historical plaque on a house, or pausing to admire the gates at Patchin Place. The thing about wandering is the meandering. You might eventually have a destination in mind, but to wander, you need to move at your own pace. You start, you stop, you get distracted by something new and go check it out. What is that street? Look at that tree. Who lives in that house? I want windows like that. But it could happen in Midtown, too. You're walking down a side street and stumble across one of those skyscraper gardens or pass-throughs. Becky told me they're called POPs, privately owned public spaces, and she used a bunch of them studying for the medical boards. Up here, I still wander a bit, though admittedly, I do it in the car. Remember episode 29, Uncharted Territory? I turned down a road in Tivoli that I hadn't gone before. I still do it all the time. But you know, as the leaves change and we have maybe our best weeks of the year outside, I start to think that just maybe the best wandering in a new place is with your feet. I'm and this is Citiate, learning to live and love life in the Hudson Valley. Episode 55, Hike Your Own Hike. At the time of recording this, it is peak foliage, that autumn leaf color phenomenon when they take on various shades of yellow, orange, red, purple, and brown. The colors are amazing, and on any clear day, you just want to stare at the lush trees of the Catskills, or be among them. I'm not exactly a hiker, I'm more of a walker a meander, a wanderer. I don't even know of hiking because people like my brother-in-law Adam's idea of vacation was to go hiking in Nepal. When I grew up, more comfortable sitting on my butt in the Caribbean. Brian's sister and her husband, Alex, also do hiking. Well, at least it looks like they do. I mean, they put on Patagonia and boots and they go to Bishbash Falls. I mean, people ask me to go and hike, but usually I'm like, what do I bring? What if we get lost? But somehow, over time, Brian and I started to get into it. They were modest hikes at first. A state park, or recently we went with Liz and Adam to Dover Furnace. You walk a mile or so through the paths and you can find waterfalls. I wonder sometimes, what constitutes a hike? So instead of using Wikipedia as usual, I found an expert. I stumbled across mountainhiking.com, a blog about hiking in Catskills, Hudson Highlands, and the Adirondacks. It's run by Shona Dwyer, who's a web designer by day, but certainly an expert hiker by weekend. So put on your boots and let's go. Hi, Sean. Hey, Matt. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. I'm so excited as the leaves are changing to talking about hiking.
1: I just had an amazing hike. I went on, I planned it for a year. And when I got there, it was totally fogged out. I couldn't see a thing. It was hilarious. Uh, But no, I had a great time. It was just, it was the most special hike because it was like a redemption hike from a hike I couldn't complete the first time to being able to complete it this time. I was really happy with it.
0: And how often do you hike? Like, is it like every day? Is it once a year? I would love to hike every other day. I I, I try to hike twice
1: a week. I think I'm probably averaging once a week right now, just with life and work and balancing stuff. But I would love to get up to twice a week.
0: Wow, how did you even get into it? I mean, I, I never liked hiking until I moved up here. Hated it, yeah. I used to look at hikers and go, what is their deal? Where are they going? Stupid, why do you put the <laughs> sticks now? Why are they using sticks to walk? It's
1: just walking, you know. Uh so I I literally was just bored uh at home in the summer maybe 3 or 4 years ago and I've got a daughter who's a, a young teen and I was like we got to get out of this house. And so I googled like where to hike. I live in Kingston uh, in New York which is near the Catskills. I'd never been to the Catskills before. I had no idea what I was getting into. And I Googled where to hike in the Catskills. And I found a place called the Devil's Path. And I was Ooh. like, well, that sounds ideal. Let's do that. And, and I made every newbie mistake you can possibly make when we went on that hike. I was like wearing denim, which is a big no-no. I was wearing uh, Converse uh, shoes. I had Wait, no what's water. wrong with denim?
0: What's wrong with denim? I wear denim all denim's, the time.
1: Denim well, denim's fine. But if you're wearing on a hike, it's made of cotton. Oh. and uh, cotton absorbs water it hangs onto water. And so you can get hypothermia very quickly. So we recommend people wear uh, synthetics or wool is great. I know people don't wear woolly clothes too much, but woolly undergarments are great. Like woolly socks are great, but you wear synthetic pants and tops because they just drain water very quickly. And uh, if you get wet, it's not a problem. But if you get wet in cotton, you'll, you can just, even in the summer, you can get hypothermia very quickly on a mountain.
0: We could be saving a life right now. by Right honesty. now.
1: Someone is out there. Well, like me, because you just don't know, unless you know a ton of stuff to start with, you don't know what you're getting into. So we got up on this uh, mountain, my daughter and I, and we couldn't even get to the top of the mountain. It was like so tough. The devil's path is, is known to be one of the, later I found out, it's known to be one of the toughest hikes you can do in the Northeast. And so we had a great day. And then one of the smart things we did was we turned around when we'd had enough. We were like, okay. This is, we just is reaching our limit right now. I was like a dad with a daughter, you know, didn't want to push her too hard, so you know, I just measured her uh level of comfort and then was like, Okay, let's we've had a great day, let's get out of here and get off the mountain safe. And then later, I started researching how to do it properly, mm. and that's when I fell down the rabbit hole of nerd culture in the hiking world.
0: <laughs> where did you find nerd culture? Like, where is it? Other weird groups and threads
1: when you when you start hiking in the Cascos, you very quickly find like the 3500 club yeah and what is that uh, anyway i heard about that right so that's a club that maintains a bunch of trails and a bunch of canisters on the tops of uh 30 it used to be 35 mountains that were open to the public but now it's been reduced to 33 but they're all above 3500 feet in elevation the summits and it's a club dedicated to preserving that culture of hiking and maintaining the trails and keeping people safe and spreading uh, information about hiking safely. They do amazing stuff to keep that, that list alive. And that list becomes an obsessive thing for a lot of people who then complete the. You can it take, as, take as long as you want to do it. You can take uh, years to do it. Some people have done it over 30, 40 years. Some people do it in less than a year. I think I took maybe two years to do mine. Oh, you finished and it? It's, yeah, it's, it's a wow. great... It's a real, you know, when you look at it at first, like, oh, I couldn't do that. There's no way I could do all those mountains. But then you get into it and it's a real, when you finish it, it's a real feeling of accomplishment that comes out of it. You feel amazing when you do your final one, you get to that final summit and you're like, oh my God, I did it. And then, and then pretty much straight away after that, you're like, okay, let's do these all in the winter now too. And uh, then let's do them in each, so those people who do them all, all 35 mountains, they do them all in each season.
0: Uh, and oh, then there's people who do nice. it in
1: each month. like So there's like 420 hikes you do over time. Those people really know the hills uh, really, really well.
0: That moment with your daughter and you decide to turn around, hmm. I can relate to that every time I'm on a hike. And <laughs> is, there, is there shame in that or is that like fine? No. Like, Is is it is it cool to like know your limits or to... It's always awkward with whoever you're hiking with. Do you want to keep going or do you want to turn around when clearly right. if you bring up the question, you want to turn around. Like it's not... You know, it's kind of obvious.
1: <laughs> I, it's such a great topic because I actually wrote a huge long blog post about this on the website. And there's so many good reasons to turn around. And sometimes you just have a sketchy feeling, like you get to a place and you're like, I don't feel right here. And maybe it's, it's just a bit, feels a bit weird to you. And, and to pay attention to your instincts and turn around just for that reason alone, if you, if you needed a reason to turn around, even that would be a great reason to turn around but sometimes the daylight's fading. Sometimes it it took a little bit longer to to get where you thought you were going to get to. It took a bit longer and you can sense the day is coming, maybe coming to an end a little sooner. And it's good to always turn around, especially on a mountain. If you feel tired in any way, it's good to turn around. And, And if you're in a group, really you should be monitoring everybody in the group and going, well, okay, what's, who's the slowest person here and how can you make them feel comfortable and the whole idea is everybody should be having a good time and so then your
0: group can turn around that's a great article i will go i will go find it maybe tell me more about the cuz the blog is what i found of you of yours you put out a lot of information right. you just put out the maps recently so like what's the what is your the service you're providing out there when i first
1: got into hiking i had to read 50 different websites and 50 different books and a bunch of magazines and all the information that you need to do it safely and do it well is just spread out through all these different media and all these different niches. And so I thought, gosh, all of this stuff could be in one place. Like, why isn't it all in one place? And so, because I'm a web developer in my day job, I went, okay, I can just put this, everything I've learned so far, I can just put it in one place. And, and people seem to have really responded really nicely to it. And uh, so it's a mixture of specific hiking reports and specific hikes that you can do which are organized by level of difficulty. So if you like an easy hike, you can find an easy hike. And if you, find a, if you want a really challenging hike, you can find a really challenging hike and in between. And then there's safety information and gear information about the kinds of uh, tools and techniques that you might need to go hiking. Maybe you want to do a day hike. Maybe you want to do uh, a sunrise hike, which means hiking into the mountains, maybe at three or four o'clock in the morning in the dark. Or maybe you want to do it uh, a sunset hike from like the summit of a mountain to watch the sun go down and then get off the mountain safely. Maybe you want to overnight and you want to do some camping in the mountains. So all that kind of information is on the website. And I just have learned it as I've I've gone and by talking to experts and just sort of compiling all that information, putting it in one place in a very organized way. And it's just taken a life of its own now. It's kind of running me at this point.
0: And what do you like? Are there certain kinds of hikes or times of day that you prefer like what's your shtick
1: honestly there's no part of it i don't like and i would talk about it forever i'm like the planning of it the reading about it the the plotting things on your computer to see the elevation changes and how long a hike is going to take figuring out whether you can fit that hike into the day that you have planned driving to the trailhead putting your pack on getting on the trail Seeing some cool thing on the trail. I saw my first bear on the trail recently. I still haven't seen a rattlesnake, oh, but I'm, I'm hoping to see a rattlesnake. Too. It was a, the bear thing was great. It was a complete textbook interaction with a black bear. It was He was already running away by the time I saw him or her. It was like an adolescent, which I was happy about because it wasn't a bear cub. I don't want to see a bear cub because that means mom is nearby, right? It was just a, a, young, a young adolescent uh, running away. They just He just hopped on the trail for a second. And then ran off up the hill. So I just saw him for maybe the whole interaction was maybe five or six seconds.
0: Did you and... know what to do? Are you like trained? Yeah. Like I really don't well, know what to
1: do. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> the one thing you don't do is run because if you run, you turn yourself into a snack. Like they're like, oh, it's running away. I better chase it. That's the only thing you need to do. So you just kind of stand still and you make a lot of noise uh, because they re- black bears are actually, uh, they're great. They're, they're, they really don't like noise. And if they hear you coming, really all you're ever going to see is them running away from you. You might hear them running away from you. That's what I heard first. I was like, I think that's a bear. And then it popped on the trail and I saw it continuing to run away. And that's generally what you're going to see on the trail. And you Mm -hmm. just make a ton of noise. You just make it like a ton of noise and it just scares them off. Hmm. But I do carry also bear spray just in case.
0: What, what do you bring with, with you? What goes in your pack?
1: So I have a pack Uh, A day pack and I have a bigger pack for if I'm doing uh, camping overnight, but for the day hikes, you just want to make sure you have what's called the 10 essentials, which are if you just even Google the phrase the 10 essentials, you'll get a ton of information about the kinds of things that you uh, should bring on every day hike. So there'll be stuff like you bring enough water, bring enough snacks, bring a map. Uh, A lot of people rely on their phones and it's not really that safe because you could drop your phone, your battery could die. Batteries almost never die, but then when they do die, it's a real problem if you're on a mountain. And uh, because the weather can change very suddenly, uh, when I was on my hike at the weekend, the forecast was for blue skies and sunshine, and it was gale force winds and uh, fog and rain by the time I got to the top of the mountain. So I was prepared for that because I have my, my gear with me. I've got rain gear. I've got a change of clothes in case I need that. So I've got an yeah. extra pair of socks, extra hat which, you know, you carry these things for a long time, never needing them. I had, some, I had some rope I ended up using on this particular hike, which I have carried for maybe three or four years. Which I've use only for? used twice. I just had to descend this really tricky, wet, but 25 foot sheet of wet rock that if you use, rock is great and very grippy and hiking boots now are really great at sticking to rocks. But if the rock is wet, you're just done if you slip. And Mm. it's it's a, you know, I I was looking at the, looking down at this rock going, there's a big boulder at the bottom, but that's like a, just a, like an anvil for my head if I slip. So I was like, (laughs) okay, I'm going to, I'm going to use my, my bright orange rope. I'm going to, you know, pull it out for the first time in like a year uh, of hiking. But do you, you carry it around just in case you need stuff like that?
0: What about like just more comfort stuff like toilet paper or, A radio for a day hike, or is that kind of ridiculous?
1: Um, I'll probably murder you if I hear you having a radio on a on a on a hike that's a thing like that's that's right um, that's
0: probably really annoying right to hike people i
1: I don't know why people do it it's so strange because most of us are like you know we go to the mountains we go on a hike to get into nature and experience the the calm and the quiet and the birds and if you bring a radio maybe people do it for anxiety reasons like they're maybe they're trying to scare away bears or something like that or they do it for comfort i don't know i don't quite get it but um so I wouldn't bring a radio but but um well not now you're gonna murder them yeah Yeah, that's no one say I probably shouldn't say that. Yeah, but but uh, but it's one of those kind of nerd controversies in the in the hiking community. It's like we're all like, oh my god, we saw another one with the radio today. It's that kind of vibe. But for comfort, can't have too few snacks, really. I'm a big Snickers Snickers fan. Snickers freeze in the winter. So a, for a winter hike, I switched to Reese's Pieces, which don't freeze for some reason. Whatever, whatever <laughs> substances in Reese's Pieces is, won't freeze on you. So that's tasty on a mountain in the winter. Rain gear, if it rains at all, you don't want to get wet. So you have a rain layer with you at all times. I recently got converted to a, a thing called a sit pad, which is a little foamy thing that you bring with you. So you can just sit down comfortably on some rocky terrain. And it's a little just for your butt, just helps you feel comfortable when you're, when you're sitting down for a minute to have a snack.
0: Cool. What about getting the most out of the experience while you're hiking? I mean, I kind of walk along and I pay attention to things and I kind of breathe when I remember to, and that's kind of cool. And I try to listen for things, but do you have any tips for people maximizing the experience? I'm a big
1: believer in just slowing down. I know there's people who tear up the mountain. I love seeing the the mountain runners who just tear past me all the time. They're they're amazing to see people who are in that fit fit condition. I love to do is I literally just stand still somewhere and don't make a sound and just listen to what's there because you'll hear stuff moving or even just hearing the quiet, which is such um, a rare thing for us now. We've always got phones going off or a car going by. If you live in a house, there's a hum from the fridge. There's always some noise. But especially in the winter, if you're on a, in a mountain in the winter, sometimes it's absolutely quiet. Like the, there's a, the, the rarity of having that level of quiet is quite amazing. So I like that. If you can sit somewhere quietly for a few minutes, you will see something. The animals will be less afraid of you. They hear you coming and they, they scurry away. But if you just sit still, you might see some stuff moving in the mountains. That's always fun to see. But yeah, I, I'm a big believer in the small things. Like I'm looking at the bark of trees and trying to memorize the different trees at the moment. So like I'm, I'm paying attention to bark. Feeling the bark of a tree is really great um, because the bark of different trees is really different. Some is soft and some is hard and some is smooth and some is rough. It never
0: occurred to me. I always thought they were the same.
1: Right. Some of it is, ed- I don't recommend this, but some of it is even edible and, and there's certainly a whole bunch of things you can learn about. I'm not really a mushroom expert, but there's people who are and they, they, go foraging so there's all kinds of foraging you can do i can identify five or six different mushrooms that are safe to eat and so sometimes i do a bit of foraging and uh, take home mushrooms and fry them up you know the great thing about hiking is that there's it's there's no competitive thing to it so there's no getting it done faster kind of mentality you just go as go at your own pace take a rest as often as you need and uh we say hike your own hike which so if you're with friends like and someone's saying hurry up you go well you hike your hike and i'm just gonna i'm gonna go at my own pace and that's a very important part of it too is a different experience yeah yeah some people are really strong and really impatient maybe or they're just stronger when i started off uh, you know i wasn't that strong and so i was very slow and now i can go a long time uh but but it's it's uh i'm still slow but i still like that's a benefit. I'm Then I'm spending the longest time in nature. I'm spending the longest time on the mountain. Someone who gets it done quicker is having less time in nature. I, I don't see the I don't see the, uh, the the wind there for them.
0: So the idea of hike your own hike is about everyone going at their own pace and enjoying it themselves. What if people separate a little bit? Does that happen? Or do you just it's, meet up later? What are the rules it, of, of hiking your own hike?
1: I think when you go in a group like that, it is important to pick people. Who are roughly at your own, at the same level and, and pace as you as you are, you 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 can discuss at the beginning of the hike what to do if you do get separated. You can say to each other, "Let's not lose sight of each other," and that usually falls to the person who's out in front to go. If you're out in front and you can't see someone behind you, you're going too fast and you have to slow down.
0: Oh, that's a good idea. Put it on them. Right. To turn around right. and
1: look. Right, and and that way, as long as you can maintain a line of sight then I think you're safe. You know, then the group hasn't really separated. But once you separate, once you break that line of sight, I think it, it could be potentially uh, problematic for some people.
0: What about geography? I like, I'm like i enjoying exploring the, the the region, and I saw that your site kind of covers hikes in the Catskills, the Hudson Highlands, the Adirondacks, and then beyond. I don't know where beyond right. is. But I'd be curious right. for your take about what do you see as the biggest differences among the different areas? The
1: Catskills are really weird and unique the everything about them is strange they're not really mountains at all to start with they're um it used to be a plateau that has been and that plateau has been raised up and then ground out by glaciers and weren't running water so we have these very steep rocky they're not really valleys they're called cloves and they're so steep and rocky that you can't even climb them there was some almost like cliffs at certain points and the rock there is different and the mosses that grow there are different and the fauna is different they're a diff- it's a different mountain range from all the mountains around them. So they're different from the Adirondacks, different from the Taconics, different from the Hudson Highlands. It's this really weird little patch in the middle of all of that. And, so, and they're non-dramatic, but they're very difficult. So people talk about how, I mean, the views in the Adirondacks are amazing. It's just absolutely crazy level of views up there. And of course, they're bigger mountains, so they're tougher to climb. But people up there, when they do their what's called bushwhack, hiking mountains up there they're not really true bushwhacks because the herd paths are so clear you can just follow these herd paths right to the summit but the bushwhacks and the catskills are more like true bushwhacks so you're getting off trail you're using a map and compass and people who are experienced Adirondack hikers find the catskills which are more modest hills find them in some ways more difficult to uh, hike especially when it comes to the bushwhacking part of it so so they have their even though they're they're kind of not as popular and they're almost like the dowdy cousin in a, in a victorian novel who never quite gets married they're uh they're somehow they're so special and and the more you get to know them this the, the richer that experience gets over time and um and they're they're tough they're, they're plenty tough for experienced people to come down and and have a challenging hike
0: and what about the Adirondacks and the, and the Hudson Highlands?
1: Hudson Highlands, I don't know why I avoided them for so long. They're so great. So I've just done a few down there. I've done Storm King and Breakneck Ridge, which is maybe the, one of the hardest hikes you can do in the, in, the, in the- Yeah, that
0: name is as terrifying as the Devil's one. Well, that's why
1: I avoided it for so long. I was like, I don't want to die on a mountain. And it's super fun. It's close to the city, so people have access to it. It's really great. But Storm King is, is a beautiful, quiet mountain to hike with amazing views. So, uh, and of course you can get a train right to breakneck as well. You can just get a train from the city right there and and get into nature. So it's, it's amazing for people in the, in the city. Catskills maybe are a bit further north so they're harder to get to for people.
0: Hey, Sean, let's play a game where I name a scenario and then you throw out a hike that might fit that scenario. Cool. Kind of like a game show. So, okay, so right now we're in the fall. What's your favorite hike? right now in the fall as the leaves are changing?
1: In the Catskills, there's a hike that I love to do, and right now it would be crazy to do. Uh, it's a, a double mountain hike. It's called Indian Head and Twin. And if you do that hike at any time of year, it just gives you the best of everything that's in the Catskills. It's got, it's got amazing trails. It's got beautiful forests. It's got very old forests. It's got a cliff that you have to climb, but it sounds scary, but it's not scary. It's got a great ledge at the top of that with an amazing view. It's got a beautiful long boreal summit full of fir trees. It's got amazing boulders to climb over. And then it's got this absolutely crazy climb up Twin Mountain. Once you get over Indian Head, you climb up Twin Mountain to maybe the best view in the Catskills it's just an amazing panoramic view, which is quite rare for the Catskills. We don't have too many amazing views in the Catskills. So it's one of the two top views in the Catskills. And, uh, and then you come down from Twin and it's uh, you've just had like the best day in the
0: Catskills. What about in, in the winter? What's your favorite hike in the dead of winter?
1: On the 1st of January, a couple of years ago, I did a New Year's Day hike that was, it's maybe the best hike you can do in the Catskills. It's maybe one of the hardest hikes you can do in the Catskills. And it's from Woodland Valley. You climb up Wittenberg Mountain. It's a steep, tough climb immediately. Uh, but through, in the winter, it's like a winter, it's the definition of winter wonderland. The trees are blasted white. the sideways icicles. The view is crazy from uh, Wittenberg's ledge. Then you go from Wittenberg to Cornell and you have to climb over two very sketchy things to get there. One of them is called Cornell Crack, which is a kind of famous situation anyway here. Uh, you got to climb it up in the the ice. And then you climb down from Cornell towards Slide Mountain, which is the highest Catskill uh, Mountain. And the stretch of terrain between Cornell and Slide is maybe the most beautiful stretch of terrain in the whole Catskills. And it's this long once you get down into the call between the two it's maybe it's pretty easy hiking down there I don't want to say the hike is easy because it's not easy but it's a beautiful walk across there through amazing forested uh, terrain and then you have this really steep climb back up the side of slide mountain uh, with amazing views of everything that you just hiked over on the way out and also you can see the entire devil's path from that side of slide too so that's that's like maybe 10 or 12 hours in pure white winter wonderland. And it was, it was an astonishing uh, hike.
0: What about a hike for, just say you've got like a, a guest who's not really that fit or not that into hiking, but you still want a decent hike that's rewarding to you, right. but you it's got to be kind of a e- easier one, but still a rewarding one. What's your go-to for that? There's
1: so many great hikes down low in the Catskills. There's a whole bunch of really great nature walks you can do that give you a full Catskills experience with, the, with all the Catskills terrain that you would expect, even on a mountain, but they're just down low. Oh. Uh, so Sloan Gorge is a really amazing short two-mile hike you can do through a, uh, a canyon almost, which is really beautiful, but it's suitable for kids. There's a really beautiful hike in the Western Catskills called Kelly Hollow Loop. And that is a very easy hike for anyone to do. There's almost no elevation gain, but there's a beautiful spruce forest to walk through. There's a beaver pond. There's a lean-to. There's just beautiful streams. It's just lovely the whole way. And that's maybe three or four miles. That's very easy to do. But then if you wanted a mountain, the, my go-to mountain for anyone who has never really, is like maybe thinking about doing some mountain hiking but has never done it before, is a, a mountain called Wyndham High Peak. Uh, in the northern Catskills, which is maybe a six-mile hike, uh, seven miles tops, depending on which route you take. There's nothing technical. It is uphill, but it's easy. It's 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 on. It's one of the easiest two Catskills to hike, and there's another beautiful spruce plantation forest to walk through, and the ma- three amazing lookouts at the top of the of the summit at the top of the mountain with uh, amazing views of other high peak mountains. And also you can see across the Hudson river and across the Hudson Valley, you can see North to the Adirondacks and also to Vermont. You can see the Mountain green mountains of Vermont as well.
0: Has anything ever terrible happened on a hike or you've seen someone do something terrible?
1: So on my, on my third or fourth hike, which was a winter hike, my first winter hike, I didn't have good gear. And I had a bad pair of what's called uh, microspikes, which are these kind of like mini crampons that you stick on your shoes. And they're really amazing things. I got a much better pair later, but the first pair I got was not so great. I got up to the summit of Blackhead Mountain, did absolutely great, had a great time. And I was coming down the north face of Blackhead Mountain, which is a bit sketchy. And I did this kind of sketchy thing where you slide on your butt down the side of an ice slide for maybe 50 or 60 feet. And i was like well if i don't make this i'm in trouble but i stuck the landing and i'm like oh look at me i'm superman this is great i can do this i got this and then i was walking along a fairly flat piece of trail and i don't know what happened but all of a sudden i was sliding down the side of the mountain um like <gasps> tobogganing down the side of the mountain and i could maybe see maybe 150 or 200 feet as below my feet And then I could see nothing. So I was like, oh, there's a cliff coming or something. And I was pretty sure I was going to die. And then I just reached out and grabbed on whatever I could on the way down. And I managed to stop myself from sliding off the mountain. And uh, then I just turned around in slow motion and just very, very slowly climbed back up to the trail. So that was very, that was very frightening.
0: That's terrifying. And yes.
1: Yeah. And is, my wife hasn't know about this yet. So she's <laughs> going to hear about it on the podcast. That's cool. So, uh, and then, but everybody has a story where they fell or they hurt themselves. It just, it does happen and it is, it can be dangerous. Mountain hiking is just intrinsically it has risks to it. And so you, the you, people do need to be aware of that. And there's a bunch of safety information you can learn about that on the website, but there's definitely safer hikes and definitely sketchier hikes you can do.
0: And if people are, want to get into hiking, but maybe their you know their spouse or, the, or their friends don't want to do it, are there places to meet other people that do? Like Brian joined a jogging club, like the Tivoli Giant, you right. know, So that was like a way to meet other runners, right? Right. Are, do those <clears throat> exist for hikers? Yeah, there's a really strong community. There's two ways If people are thinking of hiking in
1: the Catskills, in particular. The Catskills 3500 Club actually has regular hikes that they take people on, so you can sign up for those. You just go to the 3500 Club website, and they have a schedule there where you can. and the 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 hike leaders are really great. They'll tell you if it's a very tough hike or a very easy hike, and they'll they're very encouraging uh, to 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 get more people on board. So they're they're really it's a very positive experience. And then Instagram is actually a great place to meet people who might be in your area, who might want to go hiking with you or just meet you on the trail. It's a very friendly, helpful environment. So you can you can connect with people there through, you know, you'll start following the right hashtags, whether it's a Catskills hashtag or an Adirondack hashtag. And you'll find people very quickly uh, who are doing the same things you're doing.
0: You know, C- City, it's an educational show, trying to help people be a better version of themselves. We mentioned it when we talked about not playing the radio when you're walking on a hike. Are there any other tips or, about how not to be a city at when you're hiking? It could be the not wearing a certain kind of logo or not screaming, you know, for a landslide. I don't know. Are there, like, stupid things to avoid doing? How do we not be a city when we're hiking? But-
1: I guess there's two things to think about. One is being prepared to get on a mountain. So that does mean bringing your 10 essentials, knowing what those are, and having a day pack with you. Just in case you get stuck, in the caskills in particular, there's very little cell service in some areas. You can't call for help if you get into trouble in lots of spots. So you may have to self-rescue. So that is a concern for people. And then, so having good supplies, having good navigation, so not just relying on your phone, but having a paper map and a compass is really important. Um, a thing that I learned along the way was was not to dispose of organic matter on the mountain. So, you know, you might think if you're eating an apple, you could throw away the core because it's going to degrade over time or an orange peel, maybe. But in fact, those things take forever to break down and uh, they're foreign. Like it might take six months or a year for a piece of orange peel to fully degrade. So... be a good citizen on the mountain we just always pack out what we what we pack in and 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 those of us now who pick up trash on the mountain and and we just carry a bag with us for picking up other people's trash so not leaving anything on the mountain is really important
0: so what's the difference between a walk and a hike so
1: i think there's a couple of things one is um the terrain is different right one is if you're going on a walk like if you Google where to, where to go on a hike in the Catskills, you might see something like, uh, you might get a recommendation like the Ashokan Rail Trail, which is this amazing 10 mile, completely flat trail you can go on right by the reservoir with amazing views. It's, it's so great. It's, it's completely accessible to people with mobility issues. You can get into nature and it's wonderful, but it's not a hike. It's a walk, right? So you can get on the trail at several different points and you can just walk in shoes. You don't need any gear and it's real easy. And there's no elevation change; it's perfectly flat. So, so that's a walk in nature, which is great. But a hike is going to be over tougher terrain. And there's, there's a chance that your survival is at stake, I think, on a hike. So you may be hiking <laughs> into an area where maybe you get into trouble and you get stuck or you do, maybe you do get lost and you can get into a spot where it might not be easy to get out. And so then you have to be prepared maybe to stay overnight in the woods. So it's so, only
0: a hike if there's a little touch of danger?
1: I think so. <laughs> <laughs> that's the fun. <laughs> that's the fun for me. Is maybe I could uh, maybe I could die out here. There's a certain element. My of brother-in-law that in just got
0: back from Alaska. So I think that counts.
1: Yeah. Where, where was he in Alaska? Just he was hiking
0: Alaska. Just I don't know. Deep, up, yeah, well, it's all wilderness up, up, up there. Deep mountain yeah. things.
1: I think that's part of the draw that is definitely part of the draw is to get so far you really do feel it in a few spots in the Catskills where you feel like you're in the wilderness and it's not like you're just walking in a park you're like miles and miles you can't see anything else you can't see there's no structures to look at it's all just mountains and trees and so you do feel like you're a long long way from civilization and i think that's a big part of the draw for people
0: so basically i've never gone on a hike (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Citiate, the award-winning podcast about the Hudson Valley. Find Sean's blog at mountain-hiking.com or see the link in the show notes. And be sure to check out my new weekly advice column, Ask a Citiate, in the Red Hook Daily Catch. Have questions or just want to try and stump me, email goats at citiate.com. You can also see on Instagram and Twitter that Space Studios in Red Hook is helping me create a song about Citiates. We started it last week, and it's going to be amazing. Also out of control this week is the foliage. Nora is besides herself making that crinkly sound running across leaves. The lawn guys have a leaf blower and come by every week, but really, why not just let them be? I'm Matt Sucker, dreading winter, but loving today. Come visit.